Hey y'all, I'm C.G. Townsend, your host of the Being Balanced podcast, a space full of ways to help you stop the glorification of busyness. We're talking aha moments, must-have resources, real-life wins, and small shifts that lead to incredible impact. Welcome back, friends, to the Being Balanced podcast. I am C.G. Townsend, your host. And as always, because I feel like the best folks are right here on the show, I am super excited to introduce you all Mecca Mortart. Um, And Mecca, you know what? Let's get right to it. So I will pass the mic to you to tell us a little bit about you. Thank you, CG. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so yes, my name is Mecca Mortart, and I am a women's health and wellness advocate and coach. I'm also a sales consultant. So I work with companies to close deals, making sure they're bringing in the money. And I also am a champion around marriages. My husband and I, we do a marriage retreat called A Weekend for Love. It's one of the top marriage retreats for couples. And we have couples that fly in from all over the United States to attend this marriage retreat. You wear so many hats. um, And I am personally familiar with the hats that you wear. You mentioned here consultant, advocate, um, you know, warrior around relationships. How do you do it all? So that's a great question. I will say this. I do believe that women can have it all, but I do not believe that it can be all at the same time, right? Because I feel like it puts you in a place where you're going crazy because you're trying to do it all. You're trying to make sure, you know, I'm a multitasking mother. I have two children, two beautiful little girls, and we have a blended family, which adds a whole nother layer to that. And so for me, it's, you know, we have to make sure that we're connected with the two different households. But the way that I the way that I'm able to do it all, really, like all of the ladies out there, I'm sure that are listening, is that you have to schedule it. And so one week might be my week where I'm just focusing on getting into a groove around my health and wellness, making sure that I have systems in place to to hit my goals. The next week I'm focused on, okay, these are the the professional goals I want to hit and making sure that my timelines are measurable timelines, but they're also most importantly that they're realistic. Because sometimes I think, especially super A-type personalities, that we try to pack it all in and then we get burnt out. And I love that you brought up scheduling. So let's talk about that a little bit um, because I'm a huge scheduler myself. If it is not in my planner, it's probably not gonna happen. Um, So are there any tools or resources that you use personally that kind of help you manage your schedule? So it's funny that you mentioned that because it made me think about um, my husband, actually, because he's always he always says to me, you have that old school. I get a planner every year and it's something that I'm really excited about every single year. And I don't know if it's a a woman thing where we like to have something physical that we can Mm -hmm. write and do check offs. But I do have a physical planner that I purchased before the end of the year and that I write down everything that I have to accomplish for the day. I typically do my scheduling on Sundays um, to to plan for the following week. What I started also using is Trello. I've always been, I've always had my my planner that I have my personal and professional um, responsibilities, timelines in, and then I would use my Outlook for just my professional only because I don't like to put my personal things on my professional Outlook, and then but what I've most recently started using from a project management and actually a good girlfriend shared this with me was Trello. 
So I've started using Trello as well. So I have three different systems. My handy dandy, what I always go back to is my planner though. The planner is what I enjoy using, even if some people consider it old school. It's something about highlighting and checking off and giving myself stars when I've been able to complete something that feels real to me. Now, we are kindred spirits because I actually just started using Trello myself for all the work that I have going on with Balance Not Busy. So I'm curious to know, are you using Trello from a business perspective or are you using it personally or a little bit of both? So that's a great question. I'm using it from a business perspective. I, I, I'm using Trello specifically to work on my goals and, the, and really my goals and also making sure that I get certain projects done that have to do with the self-care summits that I host, the Women's Health and Wellness Empowerment Days, that I'm able to also break off and manage a weekend for love, the marriage retreat, and then some of the other different components, some of the other different events and projects that I do Um, throughout the year. So it just helps me look at all of the different projects that I have going on. And then I'm able to list out the specific goals that I have underneath each of them and what needs to get done. So that's what I've been using Trello for. for. Which is awesome. I mean, I've found such so many great benefits so far. So I'm really excited to continue to use it and see, you know, what 2020 looks like um, with this new platform. So you also mentioned, um, and I love that all of this came out just in your introduction. So that really sets the tone of how this conversation is going to go. <laughs> if you're dropping so many great gems in the first like three minutes, which is great. But you also men- mentioned setting realistic and measurable um, timelines. So I would love to talk a little bit about that because you're absolutely right. You know, women tend to have these audacious and aggressive goals and things that we want to commit to. And it can be pretty uh, demotivating um, if you're not able to reach those goals in the timeline that you've set for yourself. So how do you ensure that you're setting realistic timelines and goals? So I will credit some of that to my wonderful husband, because I do tend to, and I always have, you know, piled on a lot of different goals, but he is someone that will come to me and say, hey, Mecca, you know, you're trying to do too much. You need to focus on the one thing, which by the way, I actually read that book recently, last month, that was a book that I was reading, The One Thing. And I think that it's a book that every single multitasking woman out there, A-type personality reads is The One Thing. Because it talks about how when you try to do, because we're in this, excuse me, we're in this space right now where it's, you know, everyone feeds off of, okay, well, how many different streams of income do you have? How many different um, hats are you wearing every day? And it's, and it's almost like a badge of honor that people wear around. But this specific book talks about how the wealthiest people in the world that a lot of us admire that have, that have grown these really big businesses um, or have brought these, these big products is that they've been so successful, not because they were trying to do six different things at once. It's because they were focusing on the one thing. So after reading that book for me, one thing that I did, I said, okay, with, if it's not in alignment with my core passion areas and what God has called me to do, which is the the women's health and wellness and built, truly building a community for women. Because the fact of the matter is, is we're not connecting enough. We're not talking enough. We're not growing out our sister circles enough. People are becoming more and more disconnected every single day, which is the reason why the suicide rates are have increased so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's because people are not connected. And so focusing on the one thing for me is about connection. It has to do with building a community. So if it doesn't have to do with the health and wellness piece for women or 
It doesn't have to do with relationships and being truly being a champion behind supporting and building a foundation and building a support system for marriages, then it's really not in alignment. It's really not in alignment with what I need to do. And even we, we have something very big coming up. My husband and I have been working on and it's called the ring formula. And it's, and it's really something that we have been working on for single women, because if, if you have information to be equipped to, to get out there and be successful in dating and, and someone has given you that information, a lot of, and actually we have a, a few women that have already gone through the course. We have our official launch coming up in a few days. But again, for us, that is in complete alignment with what we're working on, because if someone is able to date better, that means that they're going to marry better. And that means that they're going to have a better relationship. And so again, our focus, my focus is health and wellness, and it's the building, building a solid foundation around relationships and marriages. Mm. And, you know, I really kind of want to talk about some of the work that you're doing in that community building space and building safe spaces for women, because I, you know, I admire the work that you're doing in that space. I've had the privilege of attending a self-care Saturday summit, and I was just so impressed by the women in the room and how they left feeling so charged up and ready and empowered um, to live you know, a healthy and a fit life. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, was that just an idea that you dreamed up one day or was that many years in the making? Give us some some intel into that. So it's funny that you asked that because there's a lot of the self-care summit. There's there's definitely everyone, there's typically a pain point that drives the passion, right? For a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so for, for me, the self-care summit was birthed out of, experiences that were essentially painful experiences. And it went all the way back to my junior year of college where my mother had a heart attack. And my mother is my superwoman. She is a superhero to me. And so when I saw her in this state where she was in and out of the hospital, had a heart attack, and it was not as a result of her being obese, my mother worked out. It wasn't a result of her having high cholesterol. You know, it wasn't a result of her arteries being clogged. My mother had a heart attack because of stress and she is not someone who who hears the alarm sounding that says you're doing too much. Slow down. You have too many responsibilities. She actually feeds off of that environment. So where someone else has that pause button and says, oh, wow, this feels stressful to me. She's like, wow, this is a rush for me. So that's what led her to have a heart attack. And so that episode happening and seeing her lying in the hospital bed. And, and what that did for me seeing her, I said, wow, I I don't want to become that. And, you know, I'm glad my mother is alive, but seeing my superhero on the hospital bed made me realize that I was going to have to take better care of myself. And I remember in college actually getting up it while I was in college. So you know how difficult this is, this is but getting up at like six o'clock in the morning sometimes and going to work out at the gym. But I I worked out six days a week. I, I hired a trainer because I wanted to make sure that not only was I healthy, but then also that I wasn't trying to do too much like my mother. Now, fast forward to I graduated from Clark Atlanta University, went to several career fairs on campus, and my eyes stopped at a booth that had all of the, these gadgets on the table. I didn't know what medical device was. I had never known a medical mm-hmm. device rep, and it was a medical device company. And so I interviewed with that company, which was um, ironically the largest privately held medical device company, and I got the job there. And again, going back to pain point. So I found that while I was in the hospital, 
making phenomenal money, a lot of money right out of school, that I saw that it was always us, mm. women, women in the hospital. Okay, she didn't take care of herself. You know, she put her family first. She gained a lot of weight. That's put her in a position where she's obese. The obesity led to diabetes. It led to heart disease. And I said, if I can just get women in a place where they can take better care of their self, then I've done what God has asked me to do. And so what I started doing is, is I would get my commission checks, wasn't married, didn't have any kids, no real responsibilities there. And I would take a portion of my commission checks and I would start hosting these women, women's health and wellness health fairs. I would reach out to different locations. This happened about, I started doing this about 10, 15 years ago, and I would take my commission check and I would invest completely into just bringing women together to celebrate women, for women to have the opportunity to connect, to, to build out their accountability circles, and then also for us to just have a good time around making health and wellness fun. And mm -hmm. so I started doing that many years ago. And then that fast forward to last year, there was a period where I stopped doing them. I stepped into this major role as an executive director of a nonprofit. And I really didn't have any time outside of work. Of, that, of course, that's what we tell ourselves that we're super busy. There's no time for anything else. And, you know, God will pull you and tell you, you know, hey, I need you to do this. And you're like, no, I don't have time for that. And then he'll make time. <laughs> And right. that was that was kind of my scenario. I was being hard headed. Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. You know, I'm a busy mother. I have this job that's very demanding. And uh, I found myself in a place, the same exact place as my mother, where I was getting dizzy spells. I was wow. sick all the time. Uh, my hair. And see, that's the thing. And, and when you're able to continue on, I was excelling at work. I was hitting all the numbers, surpassing the goals had one of my best years as far as numbers, bringing in over $2 million into the organization. And I was like, oh, you know, even though I'm not feeling well, even though I'm having dizzy spells, even though I'm getting sick all the time, I can push through because there's this thing inside of you. There's this thing that as a child, especially as a woman of color, my mother taught me to push through. You push, mm -hmm. through, in, you push through in spite of the situation, you push through in spite of the circumstances because you're strong and you can do it. And so I continued to push through and it wasn't until the superficial happened about, I would say four to five months of me just being sick all the time that I start, I would, I was washing my hair and literally my hair was falling out in clumps in the shower. And I said, and I've always had long hair all the way down my back all, all of my life. And I said, now that's, this has never happened. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, what's happening? You know, and, and I, I said, okay, well, maybe this is, maybe it's a change shampoo. Maybe something happened there. Or, and then I talked to my hair. So she said, no, Mecca, this is not alopecia. This is like literally falling out from the scalp, but it's not alopecia. So yeah. it's falling out all over. And uh, I went to my OBGYN. She said, you know, I'm going to run a, a, a panel of, you know, tests on you. And she ran the test. And she said, this is, this is not, something's not right. It was, because it was showing that I had a positive ANA, which is for autoimmune disease. Autoimmune disease causes inflammation in the body. Inflammation is caused sometimes by stress. And that inflammation mm -hmm. can be anywhere from, you know, anything you can think of. It can be a sign of lupus. It can be a sign of heart disease. It can be a sign of cancer. And so she sent me to a rheumatologist. Fast forward to me sitting in that rheumatologist's office. I had on my gym workout gear. I was, you know, looked great, looked healthy. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was in, you know, great optimal health when it comes to, you know, my weight. And I was working out still in the midst of how I was feeling. I was working out 
five, six days a week because I was like, well, if I work out more, if I eat healthy, it'll just go away. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really, I, I didn't stop my health and wellness or my lifestyle when it came to healthy living in the midst of all of that going on. And the rheumatologist said to me, this is not making sense. She ran all the tests. She said, well, it's not lupus, but your, but your body is throwing up flags for either heart disease or cancer. So imagine wow. how I felt. Here I am, 34, sitting in this office, and I have a doctor telling me that you have either cancer or heart disease, and these are the warning signs. These are the flares, of, and we don't know which, which one it is or what is happening, but it's possible it can be the work environment that you're in that is causing your body to react this way. Wow. So all of my doctors asked me if it was possible for me to just take some time out. And they said, we need for you to go out for a month so we can see what's going on. So I had to detach. I detached myself completely for a month. Um, no emails, no anything. I had never been in this situation. And I, you know, I, over the, the course of the months of trying to figure out what was going on, continue just just my hair was falling out like crazy and um you know in the midst of all the other things the dizzy spells the sickness always being tired and that month of of just resting my mind feeding my soul um focused on my self-care mm -hmm. when I went back the month later they couldn't find anything in my blood and wow. that's yeah yeah, and that's how they knew. The doctor said it's it's the environment. You mm -hmm. it's the so you have to make a decision on whether or not your health is important to you enough for you to move on. And your health is the one thing that once it leaves you, and I've seen it time and time and again in the hospital, is that people get to a point where they can't get it back. Thank you. Let's start there. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And you dropped so many just insightful acorns. I don't even know if you know in telling your story, just like the gut check, you know, mm. um, a lot of women will attempt to continue that healthy living lifestyle to just push it away, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm stressed. Yep. I should just go work out oh, I'm stressed. Oh, you know what? I need to change my diet or whatever the case may be. But sometimes it is so much deeper than what we are able to control unless we remove ourselves from the situation. And so that is so, so powerful um, that you can't always whisk these things away, you know, like those signs are real. So thank you. I mean, I'm literally just in awe um, to hear that story and, and even more so, like, I, I've known you through this, right? So right. like, so like, so, you know, from the outside looking in, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, Mecca's working out and she's doing all these really cool things and she's, she's a badass in her profession. And, you know, you had all of these moving pieces that were going on and to just kind of hear this part of the puzzle. Um, it's just, it's, it's really, really powerful. Really? Thank you. Thank you for yeah. that. You know, and it's, and you know, it was, it was, I will tell you this, it was a wake up call for me because it reminded me that in my journey and just my development as a woman, that the one thing that I said that I, that I did not want to happen to me, right. Was mm -hmm. 
being getting to a place where my mother was laying on the hospital, laying in the hospital bed because of a heart attack, because of the amount of stress and pressure and work and responsibilities that she had put on herself. Here I am going down the exact same path, mm. if not something worse. And, you know, I will share this and in, in sharing my story at the self-care summit, the last self-care summit, which was last year, 2019 in September, there was a physician on, it was actually it was a physician on the panel that shared that she actually was diagnosed in medical school with cancer. And it was a cancer that only 60 year old Caucasian men get. It's, mm. it's rare that black women get this cancer. And what they attributed to was the amount of stress that her body was under when she was in medical school because everybody's body makes cancer cells every single day. And if you put mm -hmm. your body under enough stress, it's possible that you can send your body, your immune system into a place where the cancer, you know, the autoimmune diseases, where it's rampant. And so, again, to your point, yeah, I was working out hard, hardcore in the gym. Okay, let me just push through that because I can just get myself back healthy. I can eat my way out of this by eating clean. I can purify mm -hmm. my body. I can do this detox. I can do this juice cleanse whatever's going through, going on. But no, it was having to remove and release myself from the environment that I was in. And so mm. that's, you know, and that's, I think at times for a lot of women, that's the, the hardest thing I've, it's, and it's, you know, I've never had another moment like this in my life in the past where I've, you know, walked away from something. And I had to even change my terminology of what I was saying to myself that I promoted myself out of that, you know, that position. Yeah, because because I had to fight for myself mm -hmm. and and that's, you know, and it's and even in the midst of excelling, you know, and that's and that's why I say God had to give me the wake up call through my health, because you couldn't give me that wake up call any other way because I was winning in the workplace. You know, I was doing really well with with my goals and, you know, generating lots of money um, financially doing extremely well. And so he had to take the one thing away that was one of the most important things. People that know me know that health and wellness is my thing. So he had to take that away and then he had to use the superficial in order to finally get my attention. Through it all, you know, you've mentioned your husband and you know, the way that you guys operate in partnership and you're developing the ring formula and you have all these things going on. And it sounds like through it all, you have you had the support of your husband. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit more about how you guys kind of live in that duality of marriage plus business partnership and support and, and all the different hats that you guys wear within your marriage. Sure. So that is a great question. So this is, so we've always, and it's funny because we actually connected initially as undercover matchmakers. So mm. when we first got together, it was about me wanting to get my single girlfriends as well as myself off of the Atlanta dating market. Like that was how we connected. And he had, he, he said, you know, well, I actually know, you know, some great guys, some really great guys, <laughs> including me that, that, <laughs> that happens to be single. And so we had this meeting and it led us to hosting our first, so our first, connection really together was hosting this business event. We hosted a singles mixer in downtown Atlanta together. And we actually had some couples that connected. We've had some couples that have gotten married. 
And so that kind of started our business relationship. And, you know, one thing that we, that I think it's important that we always do, whether it's the, the marriage retreat, a weekend for love that we work on um, together. And we also have a, have business partners, uh, Michelle and Dwayne Gainey, who are phenomenal. Michelle's one of the top wedding planners, event planners in Atlanta. But for us, it's about making sure that we, outside of being business partners, that we still are dating one another and that we still are in a relationship. It can't be that when he comes home or when I come home that we're talking about business because that takes away the romance. Yes, there's a time and place for that. And that's why we actually have business meetings that we set up. We try to have those business meetings at least once a week. So that way it doesn't become, you know, something, the first conversation when we see each other at home in the Mm -hmm. evenings you know, or it doesn't become the Saturday afternoon conversation that there's a time and place for our business meetings, our conversations. When you're wearing so many different hats in your household, right? So tell us a little bit more about A Weekend for Love. Um, you mentioned that that's coming up. That's something that you're working on with other business partners. What What is that weekend all about? Sure. So a weekend for love, and I'm absolutely smiling over here as I'm talking to you about it, but a weekend for love is, it's a weekend for couples to connect more. It's an opportunity for them to date more. It's an opportunity for them to to romance, for them to relax. And it's all about them thriving in their marriage. So couples nowadays, as you know, because you're married, CG, it's couples are on the go. A lot of times you have couples that are not even eating dinner together because of work schedules. They're not some, I've heard couples that are not even sleeping in the same bed because someone's working one shift, the other person's working another shift. And so one person's trying to make sure they get the sleep that they need. Couples are just not connecting enough. And you have people that are, you have couples that say, oh, we don't go on vacation because we're trying to save all the vacation time for, you know, when we retire or we're trying to, you know, make sure that we're always available. We're in this world in which everyone is always trying to be available, right? But when you're available to your your job or your career all the time, there's something else that doesn't get enough attention, attention and that's your relationship. And so Weekend for Love is really an opportunity for couples just to come together to connect and also to build out your, your marital support group. And mm. it's just because we feel like there's so much support out there a lot of times for singles, right? When you're single, you have your single friends, you're going out, you're doing the vacations together, the girls' trips, the guys' trips, which those things shouldn't stop once you get married either. But as far as it is with marriage, marriage takes a true investment. You can't put your big toe and dip it in the water and think, okay, that's what my marriage is looking like. You know, I can just put myself halfway in there or whatever, whatever's left after a long day of work, that's what I'll give my marriage. No, you have to be all in or either you wake up one day and you're disconnected. And that's why even Alduan, with him being a therapist over 20 plus years and seeing a lot of a lot of couples in his practice, they sometimes they'll say that they just they're not connected anymore or they're just not on the same page or they grew apart. They grew apart because they stopped dating and they stopped connecting. Mm. So this weekend, a weekend for love is about putting the phones aside making sure the kids are taken care of with the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, leaving them behind if you have kids. And it's really about tuning into one another, having this marital tune-up. And you do not have to be in a place where things aren't going great in order to come to a weekend for love. Because at a weekend for love, we have fun. It's not your traditional marriage retreat. Couples are not sitting around in a kumbaya circle, sharing (laughs) their feelings and their thoughts. 
which is so funny, CG, because we have, it's, it's so, it's so funny to me when guys, when I, and I always, I'm always in a place where I, I watch the couples as they come in. Cause I like to get to know everybody. And a lot of the guys have this facial expression that, uh, you know, my wife drugged me here. <laughs> Or it's like, I'm here so I can make sure that I'm in her good graces so I can get some or that mm-hmm. we're, we're on the same page that when brownie points for the entire year, by the last day of a weekend for love, not even last day, I would say at the con- conclusion of the first day, the guys are like, I am so happy that I came They are, you know, high five in the speakers. They're like, oh, this is great. You know, because it is, it's really about connecting and having fun. Last year, we had a fireside chat, which was started off with with us having a campfire we had s'mores we had games we played together we had a live dj um then we had our panel discussions on saturday morning we had the men's only panel discussion which was the lion's den we had for the women we had a self-care moment where we talked about what we need as women as wives because there's not really a blueprint or a book about how marriage is done well right because that's because i do believe that when you are married, you do what works for you. Mm-hmm. But it also may cause others to say, okay, well, maybe I'll take a little bit of what I saw on TV, a little bit of what my parents do, a little bit of what I see my friends doing. That's who I'll become as a wife or that's who I'll become as a husband. That, but that does not mean that it's right. And right. so it's, and then we also have on the very last day, we have a vow renewal. The vow renewal is amazing. And we had couples that said that the vow renewal was really, it was nicer than their actual wedding. You wow. know, Michelle Ganey, she is, like I said, she's the top event planner in Georgia. She is our um, the other half to our partnership. And we create a ultra romantic weekend. That's an unforgettable experience for couples. We want you to date like you've never dated before. We want couples to romance like they've never romanced before. And so we also have, of course, we talk about sex. You know, this is, it's, I would say it's Christian based. My husband's a Christian psychologist. However, we talk about sex, you know, in the, it seems like in the church or just in general, people that are married are scared, scared to say sex. It's like if someone says sex and people are like, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, did you say, did you say sex? Right. You know, at the same time, we're married and it's crazy that people act that way, but we're married. And so we have fun. We have we have a good time. This year it's going to be in Destin. So w- last year it was at in the North Georgia mountains. This year we're going to be in Destin, October 23rd through the 25th. And I do have a testimony to share with you because I think it's really important for everyone that's listening in to the podcast today. And that's I had a couple. The wife reached out to me on the second day of the the retreat and said. You know, she sent me a text because all the couples have my cell phone number. She sent me a text and said, hey, hey, I don't think we're going to make it to anything else. So, of course, as as the organizer, I said, you know, oh, my gosh, what did we do wrong? You know, what's happening? She said, no, we're just not really in a good place. Do you know that couple? I received another text the following morning, which was the morning of the vow renewal. Mm -hmm. And that couple said, you know, we actually are going to make it to the vow renewal. You know, we've been able to work through some things. And that one couple has already registered six of their friends. Wow. And that couple's flying in, you know, all the way from across the U.S. to come to Destin, Florida. And, you know, that is the reason why we are doing it, because is that majority of the couples that are coming to the retreat? No, we have couples that are coming because they're wanting to have 
fun, but we do have couples that are coming for a marital tune-up. And then we do have couples that are there that this is the last chance. This is the last hurrah to see if they can push through, make it through, get the information that they need and really ignite their marriage with what they need in order to have a successful marriage or just rekindle what may have been lost. And so there's that couple. And we have another couple that it was just like them coming to this marriage retreat was, you know what? We're not doing well. We're not in Mm -hmm. the best place. And the same thing, do you know that couple actually signed up the last day of the marriage retreat? They signed up for the 2020 retreat. And so we already have 50% of our attendees from, from 2019 are already registered for 2020. Wow. So, and, and we sold out last year. And so it's for us, it's about keeping marriages together. And, um, you know, it's beautiful to hear those stories where we have couples that say, hey, we didn't know if we were going to make it. And now they're, you know, sending us messages saying, wow, this was everything that we did not know that our marriage needed. Yeah. Wow. That that is amazing. I mean, you guys are doing really, really great work. And um you know, not that Mecca paid me to say this or anything, guys, but Travis and I are also planning on attending a weekend um, for love this year because we just we were floored by some of your stories and even this testimony and the video content that you guys were able to capture kind of the visual representation of what the weekend looks like. And so I will share all of the information for you guys in the show notes so that you can also look into it and carve out some time and make sure that you're in the building as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. So a couple of things that you said about marriage and the ability to make sure that you're prioritizing time to connect um, with your spouse and things like that. It triggered a thought for me um, because oftentimes people will say, oh, my gosh, CG, you wear so many hats. You're involved in the community. You're, you know, working out, nurturing relationships and all these different things. You know, how do you explain to your husband that you have all of these things in your life that are important to you that take up time where you could be with him? Or do you regret that you're not with your husband during the times that you're doing other things? So I would just love your thoughts on those types of questions and and navigating that balance between doing the things that are really important to you, like health and wellness and spending time with your girlfriends, like you mentioned, you know, the girls trips and the guys trips shouldn't really stop necessarily when you're married. Um, Tell us how you kind of navigate that balance. Sure. So I think it's a, you know, there's this, there's this word that's very difficult for, for most couples in the first year, most people in general, and in the first year of marriage and sometimes just dating and that is compromise. That's, that's exactly, that's exactly how we do it. It's about, it's two, two C's I call them, but it's about being considerate of someone else and compromising. And I share that because those were the areas in which I needed development, especially in the first year of marriage, because when you are just dating someone, it is different from being, from dating someone to being a fiance to being a wife. Just like there's a difference between being an employee and being the employer um, Mm. or being the the sales rep or in the sales executive. And Mm -hmm. so I say that because it's really it's really about having those conversations, because when you're when you're single and when you're just doing your own thing, you don't really have to consider anyone else. I remember telling Aldewan, I would say, oh, well, my girlfriends, I'm going on this trip in June. And it wasn't that 
okay, this is something that is up for really for negotiation or your thoughts. It's the trip is planned for June. We're going on this girl's trip. I just kind of want to let you know, just FYI. Now, when you're married, as you know, CG, that's a completely different conversation. When you're married, it is, okay, do we already have our trip on the books? Is that in the budget? What are we trying to accomplish and do as a couple? And so two things is when it comes to, when it comes to our relationship, Aldoan and I, we try to make sure that we touch bases with, with each other, that we're considerate of each other. And especially no matter whether or not you, CG, can pay for it and Travis can pay for it on its own, because that's not really what it's about, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. where sometimes couples that are both well off, the husband and wife are well off, and when there's not the sense of financial dependency, it's mm. like, okay, no, this is my money. You have your money. And because I can afford to do this, I'm going to go on ahead and go on this trip. But that's not, that doesn't work well in the long term, right? In the long run, it doesn't because you should be considering your partner. And so for me, you know, Aldewan, we've had to have sit down conversations where it's like, okay, what, what needs to be accomplished this year? Okay, we're going to go on a, a family trip. Okay, that's important to us, the family trip. But we mm-hmm. do need to have our couples time. So family trip is going to be in the summer. Couples trip is going to be in the fall. So we have to space those things out. But it's having those real, like I say, real, I like to say real adult conversations. We have to sit down and actually talk about what the plans are. And there's times that we haven't agreed, right? This is, you know, me having a transparent moment with all of your listeners and you where I, I'm the person who likes to go on a trip that's across the world. That is a true trip to me. Going to somewhere that's a two hour flight or four hour flight, I'm like, that's not really a vacation. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my, my wonderful husband is from Decatur, one of the very rare breeds here in Georgia that is born and raised, went to Lithonia High School, but he is. And so it really wasn't until we got together that he really started traveling like that. But I would say, oh, no, I don't want to go to, you know, Jamaica or Costa Rica. I want to go to Thailand. I want right. to go to Greece. I want to go to South Africa. And he's like, a vacation is a vacation. Do you want to get away on vacation or do you not? And I, I remember literally having a fit as a grown adult woman, having a fit because I wanted to go to Bali. And he was like, we don't mm-hmm. have the time to make Bali happen with our schedules this year. So do you want to go on a vacation or do you not? Like, which, which, what are you <laughs> right. trying to do? And so right. that goes back to the compromise piece. I had to decide, okay, where, you know, we end up still going somewhere that, that was close. But, it, you know, I had to make a decision. Do I want to go on vacation or do I just not want, do I, do I want to sit this one out this year? And so, you know, you just right. you have to come to terms with where you are and, and what you guys are trying to accomplish as a couple. And, and once you guys are on the same page, and like I said, it's communication, communication, communication. And like I said, couples that don't do well with that is when they don't consider each other because it's this mentality like, okay, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do or I can do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the communication there, you know, I mean, like just hearing you say that story about traveling internationally and like going big um, for vacations, I, I couldn't agree more. Number one, I like to think of a vacation as where people really can't reach me or it's an inconvenience for them to reach me. Like, you know, I'm on a considerable different time zone or if I don't buy the international package for my cell phone, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult to reach me. That is a vacation to me. Whereas Travis, you know, he's like, well, I'll just buy the international package or, you know, people can still reach me through Google Hangouts. And I'm like, no, a complete disconnect for me 
far, far away is a vacation. Everything else is just a weekender or a quick trip down the road kind of thing. Um, so you've got to communicate, you know, like, well, this is what my expectation of a vacation is. And you have to have that conversation um, mm-hmm. and, and, and come to some level of agreeance because once you're at said destination and you're in Bali, you want to enjoy the time together. Right. Um, so I could not agree more. I mean, there are so many things that you have shared um, where I'm like, okay, we're basically on the same wavelength. I'm picking up everything that you're putting down. Um, (laughs) So the thing that I love about these conversations, and, you know, this is kind of the behind the scenes for the listeners. I always tell everybody as they're preparing to come on the show, think of this as just a chat with your girlfriend. You know, we're just talking and I'm asking some questions. You're answering them. We're helping people be better people. Um, but one thing that I always ask, and I, I love it when people kind of share this response, is how do you define balance? So I define balance as a, a filling. Mm. And I'm not sure if that makes sense, but when I feel balanced, when I don't feel anxious, when I don't feel stress, because if everything is in alignment, right, if, if work is going well, kids are in a great place, no one's sick, um, parents are doing really well, relationship is, is great, I can still be in a place where I don't feel balanced. I can feel mm-hmm. off. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, balance is something that I seek out every single day. And it's almost like what I seek out to be the things that I seek out to be happy. Right. So balance to me, what that looks like, it looks like me waking up in the morning and getting in my word or praying, starting my morning praying and, and really rejoicing the areas where I'm grateful, you know, expressing gratitude. It, you know, it's it also talks about, I also look at, you know, what feeds my soul. So feeding positivity into my life in the first, especially in the first hour of the morning, I always talk about how I don't get on Instagram right away. It's truly addictive, but I don't, I, you know, I want to make sure that I'm listening to Ed Milet or Bishop Ron or Sarah Jakes or Joel Osteen that's feeding my soul with positive energy because all it takes is one negative thought or one negative thing that you see or someone's passing or something happened here that will that will that will sh- that will really mess up your balance and how you feel. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's that it's it's also the positive endorphins from working out. And it's really a, for me, it's a state of being. It's the way in which I feel. And if I don't feel balanced then I seek out the things in order to get myself balanced. Wow. I mean, that absolutely makes sense. I'm so glad that you really kind of gave us your full on definition, because when you started and you said, I don't know if that'll make sense. It's a feeling. I mean, hearing you say what you just said makes it so clear um, exactly what that feeling should feel like. And your mic drop moment um, just now was the negative thoughts. Like it's so reassuring to hear that you control the information that you consume first thing in the morning. Um, and the way that you start your day. So thank you so much for sharing that definition. Thank you so much for your transparency in this entire conversation and your level of vulnerability that that allows our listeners to really kind of understand like the different milestones and pivots that have happened in your life that have brought you to this place. For those that want to 
attend self-care summit or weekend for love or just stay in contact with you and, and know kind of what you have on the horizon? What's the best way to do that? Sure. So thank you so much for having me. This has been really, this has been a lot of fun. So the self-care summit, which is like I said, it's a women's health and fitness empowerment day. The kickoff was February 29th. The next one is May 2nd. If you want to get connected, you want to come to the next self-care summit and have a good time, work out, do some yoga, um, listen to some of the, the wonderful panelists and participate in the womenspreneur market, vendor market, you can go to my website, which is www.mecca, and that's Mecca like the city, M-E-C-C-A, more, two O's, M-O-O-R-E, tart, T-A-R-T-T, like pop tart, two T's on the end, dot com. And then for a weekend for love, for my couples that are engaged, seriously dating towards marriage, or married, we do have some couples that come out that are, are that utilize the Weekend for Love also to help with premarital courses and things of that nature. But you can go to a weekendforlove.com. That's a weekendforlove.com. And then you can stay connected with me on Instagram. My handle is Mecca Moore Tart. That's M-E-C-C-A-M-O-O-R-E Tart, just like my website, Mecca Moore Tart. That's how you'll find me on Instagram. But thank you so very much, CG. This has been absolutely wonderful. And I thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, gosh, all the thank you goes to you. And all of those um, different tools and resources, your website and all of the information, I will include it in the show notes um, so that if folks are on the move or they're commuting from here to there, they can also have a second place where they can find the information. Wonderful. Wonderful. And then also for my singles out there, I did mention the ring form. You can go to the ringformula.com to, to learn more about the course, virtual course that we have out there for my single ladies. We're taking you all off the market this year, right? That's what we're going to do. <laughs> well, thank you again. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Being Balanced podcast. Please do share these um, tools and resources and wealth of information with your friends and your family, as well as drop a review. Would love to know what you're thinking about the show. Would love to know if there are any topics or themes that you would like for me to cover. And have a great day.